and welcome to the Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. I'm your host, Ming Canaday. Trips and Global on Wheels is focused on sharing resources and insights into disability advocacy, fitness and health, and accessible travel. Our mission is to build a community of healthy, worldly, and informed advocates. Each week on our podcast, we interview someone with a disability or someone whose work advances the disability rights movement, both locally and internationally. In addition to the disability advocacy series you've been listening to, we've also launched a sub-series called Environmental Issues from a Disability Lens under the Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. For years and years, people with disabilities and our advocates have urged for us, individuals with disabilities, to be included in environmental issue conversations. Therefore, I am expanding my podcast to include environmental issues so that we can start the journey of being included and also work towards a solution plan for saving our planet that works for everyone, including people with disabilities. We interview leaders from all over the globe who has done work in some capacity or another on environmental issues and ask them how they are including the needs of people with disabilities when mitigating the problems of climate change and how they think people with disabilities can be a part of the solution plan. If you want to learn about climate change, if you want to learn about how climate change is affecting people with disabilities, and if you want to hear what environmental leaders are doing to include diverse voices such as people with disabilities in the climate change conversation, then this sub-series is for you. Good morning, everybody. I'm so excited to share my conversation with Senator Tammy Duckworth this morning with all of you. So she is the first female wheelchair user, a person with a disability to be elected into the United States Senate. And so without further ado, let's listen in on that conversation with Tammy Duckworth. Senator Tammy Duckworth, um, thank you so much. And um, I really appreciate you for coming on. I know you're homeschooling your daughter, Abigail, right now. So you know, with it being the pandemic and homeschooling your kids, um, I, I was curious how you think the pandemic is affecting people with disabilities and, um, and you know, what is being done in terms of medical and financial support. Well, we have some real issues for people with disabilities. Uh, they are losing uh, the support for caregivers, for example, and we fought very hard in the CARES Act that we passed uh, back uh, in the spring and provided for some funding so that people could continue to get um, home health care workers to come in to continue to help them live their independent lives. Um, and right now we need to have passed uh, a new uh, pandemic response package. Uh, and in the HEROES Act that passed the House, um, there is significant dollars in that for caregivers. Unfortunately, um, Mitch McConnell has not allowed us to vote on that bill. And in the versions that he's put forth, there's been no additional funds. Um, so that will really be very, very difficult on the uh, on the disability community, especially those who need a little bit of help to live independently. We may, in a worst case scenario, get to a place where people with disabilities will be forced to go back into institutions, and that's not ideal for anyone. And it's certainly something that I don't support. So for me, uh, our priority is to make sure we have those additional funds to help people be able to stay in their own homes. Um, and then beyond that, you know, people are having a really hard time just with the economy and, and many of them have lost their jobs. Uh, people with disabilities have a very difficult time getting the services that they need, you know, um, 
And so uh, this is a really, it's a tragedy on top of a tragedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm really glad you're aware of that because that is a huge issue. And, um, you know, changing the topic a bit and you being the first female uh, senator with a disability being in the U.S. Senate and you're a wheelchair user like myself. I'm also a manual wheelchair user. I'm just curious, how do you think your presence in Congress has changed the infrastructure and made it easier for future individuals with disabilities to work in Congress? Well, just exactly as you said, just me being in Congress physically has forced them to modify much of Capitol Hill. Uh, now remember that um, Congressman Jim Langevin of Rhode Island has been a congressman for quite a while now, and he is also a wheelchair user, although he uses a motorized wheelchair. Um, and uh, because of him, many accommodations had been made, but even so, there was not enough. In many of the buildings uh, uh, in Congress on, the, on Capitol Hill, for example, there might only be one wheelchair accessible restroom uh, per, per floor, or maybe even in two floors, you'd have to go to, you know, you'll see a sign next to a bathroom. It says, you can't use this bathroom. You have to go to the third floor, east wing, to find a bathroom that's wheelchair accessible. So even those things still need to be modified. Um, uh, the Senate is just now modifying to make the Senate gym wheelchair accessible so that I can actually start using it um, to exercise. Uh, but still to this day, the U.S. Capitol uh, building itself only has one entrance that I can go in and out of, and that entrance is not always staffed. So after hours sometimes, I find myself trapped and unable to leave the building, and I've just taken to just opening the doors anyway and setting off the alarm and have the Capitol Police come running and say, well, this is what happens when you don't make the Capitol wheelchair accessible. Um, and so a lot of those things are works in progress and I'm working very hard to make sure that as much of the capital itself is physically accessible um, but it's nowhere near enough and that's the same story all across our country as you know. Yeah and I as you said being in Congress yourself is such a big representation and I'm lucky to have you know worked in the Senate and met you a couple times and I was just wondering when I was in the Senate the evacuation plans um, were not really uh, all that thorough. Um, how has it been been with you? Do you have a, do, do they have a better implementation plan for when uh, emergencies come up um, so it's not so haphazard or can it be improved? Well the emergency, the uh, evacuation plan can always be improved. Now for me uh, of course uh, there is um, uh, evacuation chairs and uh, all sorts of things in the uh, in my own offices, but um, uh, you know, and, and we've practiced evacuation a few times. But certainly, those chairs are not available everywhere that I might possibly go, and it's not like I sit in my office the entire time that I'm at work. I'm actually going between hearing rooms and one place to another. So that has been um, an issue from time to time. And I do have um, an uh, an aide who travels with me everywhere, so that has been very helpful as well. But again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a United States Senator. I'm not the only person with a disability who uses these buildings and, and works here. Um, many other people with disabilities do as well, and they don't have the same accommodations that I do. Um, and even just, you know, regular visitors to the Capitol should be able to get into any of their senators' offices. They should be able to have meetings anywhere they want to. And that simply is not the case right now. And so we must and should do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, so... 
to jump topics quickly here, I know climate change is also a huge um, issue that, that you care about as well, and it also affects people with disabilities in a lot of ways. Um, so how do you think we can better include people with disabilities in climate change conversations and have them be part of the solution plan and help with mitigate, mitigation plans, you know, not only just be seen as the problem? Well, you know, I don't think people with disabilities are the problem, right? We are the ones who are going to be the most flexible and the best problem solvers. We've all had to accommodate um, and, and, and be flexible just to live our daily lives. So I think people with disabilities would be uniquely suited to be on any type of a committee or team to address issues, uh, you know, that are really complicated like climate change because people with disabilities have learned to think outside the box, to find ways to um, just be themselves and be productive in the world. And so I would actually think people with disabilities would be much more effective on many of these teams because they can think in a much more creative way. And, you know, to be honest, that's what we're going to need in order to solve the climate crisis. We can't just rely on traditional strategies. Um, we're going to have to be very much neutral on how we get to carbon neutral, for example. So uh, let's figure out how we can get to the goal, set the goal, and then let's, you know, let's be creative about how we get there. And so I do think that um, behooves all of us to make sure that people with disability can step forward and be part of any type of a team. Um, and they also bring, you know, I, I, I started the Environmental Justice Caucus in the Senate because Black and brown in particular have been the victims of pollution. Oftentimes, you know, it's, it's the effects of toxic pollutants that cause childhood asthma and all sorts of other health conditions. And so um, everybody needs to be at the table to talk about how we can address these issues that affect all of us. And as, as COVID-19 has shown, you know, um, uh, when something like this comes along, if you have a disability or pre-existing, you are more susceptible to many of these illnesses. I, I just think greater than any team effort to solve a problem as monumental as a climate crisis is only going to benefit all of us. Mm -hmm. What can we do to make it easier for people with, with disabilities to run for office who may not have the connections or the money to do so? I've often thought, you know, that an organization or an effort much like what Emily's List has done for women running for office uh, would be something that would be very helpful. In Illinois, we have Off the Sidelines, which is again, it, it's a program that um, Congressman Sherry Busto started to encourage women to run for office. I think we can do the same thing with the disability community. And it starts off first and foremost with approaching people with disabilities and saying, hey, you should run for office because they themselves may never have even thought about that possibility. And oftentimes, you know, I'm just sort of pointing out that it is possible. You can do this um, and you can be successful and let's help um, would be a great thing. So maybe we can talk to some of the disability organizations and, and you know, think about coming up with training programs to help people who maybe want to run for office or like yourself, serve on the Hill and be, and be a staff member. Just to continue on the topic that we ended on, which was, you know, public, um, people with disabilities running for public office, right? And so mm -hmm. I was wondering, what, what plans do you have either, if you already have plans now or in the, in the near future to help get more people with disabilities um, elected into either local offices in local elections or into Congress in, in national elections? Well, it's, it's, also, it's um, getting elected, but it's also um, uh, getting them into the pipeline to be staff members as well. Because in many, in many ways, I almost think that the staff members have more power than the, 
elected officials because they're there and they gain the experience and they can help really write the legislation. So for me, it's really all three. It's both about getting folks elected into local office and in federal office, but then also getting them into the pipeline for staff members. So part of that is I've always um, had a, a disability uh, um, uh, a fellow in my offices, and that is um, uh, someone that, that come in and not necessarily work on just disability um, issues, but just to have uh, someone uh, um, with a disability work in my offices to help them gain the experience so that they can actually then look at either running for office one day or becoming a, a full-time staff member um, and, and help them build their resume. I think that's really important. Um, and then also working with the various disability communities. Um, whenever I hear of anybody who is, um, has a disability and who's running or who's thinking about it, I am more than happy to mentor and work with the various organizations to help them uh, find their way and introduce them to the right people. Um, I think it's important for folks uh, to think about running for office at all different levels, not just you know a federal level or a statewide level. I mean, you could run for um, your local uh, library board of trustees, for example. And uh, that is really an important position to be in because see the Library Board of Trustees decides what, gets, uh, what, what books get banned in our, in our public libraries. And it is something that the very conservative elements, conservative elements have been working very hard on winning these positions so that they can actually ban books and things like that. So um, don't turn your nose up at even the, what seems to be the lowest level of office that you can run for. Yeah, exactly. So any kind of participation, any capacity is very important. And so I was wondering, do you know, you don't have to name names if you're uncomfortable, but um, do you know of any individuals with disabilities, either in your personal circle or professional circle, that you think would be good for public office positions? I'm not going to name names, but look, there are so many people out there who are uh, either themselves members of the disability community or are family members of the, the disability community. Um, and I've talked to many of them and said, hey, you should run for office and, and, and I'm helping uh, some of the others, but they're all over the country. Um, and uh, if, if anybody that's uh, watching this uh, uh, podcast today is interested, definitely reach out to my offices and we'll help put you in touch with the right people um, should you decide to run. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's a great resource. So I really encourage people to take up on that offer. Um, so next, we're going to jump to employment, which I know you you know is a huge issue in the in the disability world, where around seventy percent of people with disabilities uh, are unemployed. And so I was wondering, what um, have you hired people with disabilities in your lo in your state or DC offices? Or if not, what ideas do you have to you know, get more people with disabilities employed, either on a, on a, on a more personal circle uh, sphere, as we were talking about in your offices, or on a nationwide um, yeah, kind of influence impact level? Well, I have multiple um, uh, staff members with disabilities in, in, in my offices, so um, we're very welcoming, and we actually are very proactive about making sure that everything in our offices are um, fully, uh, not just ADA compliant, but very accessible beyond just being ADA compliant, right? Because ADA compliance is really sort of, for me, the bottom rung of where you should be and, it should, and you should be above that. Um, uh, and so what we do need to do is encourage people with disabilities, uh, um, you know, as they're, as, they're, as they're out there job hunting. One of the things I talk to employers about is that 
even though people with disabilities uh, are have a much higher unemployment number, when they are employed, they are much more loyal employees. You have far less turnover when you hire someone with a disability. They actually stick with you for long, longer periods of time, and in fact, um, have much longer longevity and and very high productivity when they are employed. And so they actually make very, very good employees because they're going to be loyal to you. Um, uh, they're going to be very productive. Um, and you're going to have them for a much longer time than you would someone else who tend to, uh, you know, um, uh, turn over jobs much more quickly. Um, and so that I think is something we should actually be sort of promoting. Not, it's not just about, oh, do your part and help hire someone with a disability. You know, it's not about being charitable. It's actually about being good for your business to hire someone with a disability because they bring benefits with them in terms of um, their productivity and in terms of their loyalty and in terms of their longevity. And so we need to sell people with disabilities as employees, not as a, you know, for lack of a better word, charitable cases, but more as like, hey, you want that person. That person is going to contribute much more than somebody else because they're going to be much more loyal to you. And we need to sell that aspects of people with disabilities. Exactly. That really needs to be emphasized more. Um, so what I often hear from, you know, federal employers and private companies too, big companies who say they cannot find people with disabilities with the right talents and skills that they're looking for. Um, so that's why they're not able to hire more people with disabilities. So what do you say to that? I don't think they're looking in the right places and I don't think they're advertising in the right way. And I think many people uh, many employers actually um, inadvertently send out a message of um, not being welcome to people with disabilities um, so that they don't get the applicants. Um, and if they, you know, there is so, there's so many organizations that if you are uh, hiring uh, that you can appeal to and, and, and send those job notices to those, um, those organizations, um, you can uh, actually, you know, you can start internship programs within your own businesses to grow your own uh, um, future employees, and you can recruit from, you know, universities and, and, and all, sorts, all sorts of other programs uh, to get interns into your offices that are uh, disability interns, so that then they can grow and, and, and go on to a full-time position with the company. So I say that they're just not asking or looking in the right places, and that if they were to make the overture to um, disability organizations and then also university um, especially uh, that have major disability programs um, in Illinois. Southern Illinois University has a significant um, uh, uh, um, program for, for students with disabilities. They would actually get the employees that they're looking for. Mm -hmm, exactly. So I know you have to go. 10 seconds. What are your th thoughts on running for president someday? I think that would be amazing. <laughs> You know, that is not a fire I have in my belly. I've got a pretty good job. And when you're president, you're president for what, four years, maybe eight years, but I could be a senator for a long time and really have a long body of work that I could, that I could you know, work on. So um, it's not something that I've ever thought about doing. I, I have my dream job, my two dream jobs right now, which are mom first and uh, senator second. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And speaking of mom, I wrote a children's book. It's a person of wheelchair and talking about different things that that you know we do and also the theme of public office so i know uh -huh. you're homeschooling your children so that might be something you're interested in um anyways it's been such a pleasure senator duckworth i know you're a super busy person and i will let you go because you are busy 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 and so and we really appreciate it thank you thank you be well thank you I only know 
what it's like in America And shutting doors, I don't think that's right Thanks for listening to another Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. Look for us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, where I post pictures of my travels, share videos of my fitness journey, and keep you updated on the latest wheelchair accessory must-haves. Tell others about our program. The more we can raise awareness about these issues, the stronger we can get as a community. At Trips and Global on Wheels, we aim to build a community of healthy. Worldly and informed individuals with disabilities and disability advocates. That means we want to hear from you, our listeners. Send us an email at tgow podcast at gmail dot com. Let us know about your favorite destinations for accessible travel. How do you stay fit to avoid chronic injuries? What language do you prefer to describe your identity as someone with a disability? We want to provide a platform for people to share and learn from each other. So send us your stories. If you have suggestions for future guests that you would like to hear on our podcast series, please leave them in the contact us section of our website. Or post them on our Facebook page. Thanks again for listening. Bye bye.